Hello, and welcome to the Swim to Swim podcast. I'm your host, Ben Dornan, and joining, joining us today, he is a senior member of the Yale swim team, and he is now a two-time opinion contributor to the New York Times, um, most recent article published last week. Um, it is Isaac Henning. Hey, thanks for having me. of the Yale swim team and back in 2021 um, was featured in kind of this New York Times anthology um, opinion piece where where they they reached out to people I guess and and got contributors to talk about their time coming into the pandemic and and during the pandemic where um, where people had the experience of coming out in one way or another as, as a queer person um, so I'm wondering if we could just go back two years ago to that time and and maybe, before we get into the, the details of what was in that piece, maybe talk about how that came about, how the New York Times uh, tracked you down to write about your story, your coming out story. Yeah, actually, um, I was reading a, a different piece in the New York Times, um, you know, during during Pride Month. Um, and at the bottom, it was like, you know, did you come out during the pandemic? Like, if yes, like share your story. And I was like, well, it's a pretty specific experience, but it's mine. So, you know might as well send something in maybe I'll get you know a little quote or something you know in a larger article um but they liked what I had to say ended up reaching out for for a longer contribution and is that the longer contribution that was in 2023 this year or was there another one in between the two? Oh, sorry yeah to clarify um that that longer piece was the piece that came out in that original oh okay if, if anyone hasn't read the piece we kind of talked about it on swim swim and it's still up on the, the New York Times so feel free to check it out but um, yeah, so the Times kind of accumulated stories of people who came out during the pandemic and you wrote about, I think it was in April 2021, beginning to come out as a trans man to your family and your teammates and everything. Um, so I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about actually like writing that down and, and putting it out into the public. It's it's something that I know is, is a very personal experience for a lot of people. So what was it like to kind of get into that mindset and say, okay, I'm going to actually actually write this and, and and make it public it sort of started with a powerpoint to my present uh, to my parents uh which was sort of a lot of you know terms and definitions making sure that like when I said you know hey like I'm trans like they knew exactly what that meant for me um and then you know it was later like you know social media posts emails and stuff to to other people in my family and honestly part of sharing that experience, for me really came from a place of like, you know, wanting to say like, this is how, A, this is how people are adapting, you know, at this time. And then also like, you know, this is what it can mean to come out in a way that actually controls information in a way that's not as possible when you're just sort of like saying something or if, you know, it were to just be a social media post, like to have different possibilities. It was a lot of, you know, figuring out exactly how I wanted to share that part of me with the people that I care about. So kind of instead of, as you said, posting something on social media and then having maybe stuff being written about you, you were able to more control the the original narrative, the, the, the narrative that was coming out um, before kind of like from, from your own words. Um, that, that makes sense. Um, and so as, as I was kind of 
reading yours and reading other people's, um, I found that there was a wide variety of different experiences, different ages, um, different identities that were that were writing on the Times. I was wondering if you, after it got published, or maybe before, I don't know how the, the timeline would have worked, but did you read others and kind of find a sense of, of community? Or what was it like to read other people's stories that were placed alongside yours? It was really cool. I remember reading the article when it first came out. First being like, oh my God, my words are in the New York Times. And then second of all, being like, okay, like these are really, really cool stories from a lot of really different people. And it was I mean, I think that's one of the special things about sharing things to the public is that like you get a chance to sort of hear other people's stories and, you know, understand just how many different places people can come from. From there, we can kind of transition. There's obviously a lot that that happened in between the two pieces that you've written, but um, we'll definitely get into all of that. But um, the second piece that you wrote for The New York Times that was recently published um, in January 2023, um, which we've also covered on, on Swim Swim, so people can... Feel free to read both the New York Times and, the, and then some time piece about that. Um, but this this one was more about. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure that you'll you'll explain it better than me. But just to to set it up, you you wrote more about the decision to swim on the men's the men's swim team at Yale, um, which you did this year after um, two or three years of swimming on the women's team. I forget um, how many years you swam. Um, but yeah, I was wondering if you could maybe talk about how how that one came up as well and how how you got that. Um, that piece started? Yeah, I mean, it was a really cool opportunity. Um, the editor reached out to me um, and she was, you know, saying like, hey, like I heard all about you in the spring and like, you know, wanted to, wanted you to contribute a piece about, you know, your decision to to stay on the women's team, you know, all four years. And I was like, well, that's so funny because I've, you know, I've actually made the decision to to switch. And she was like, that's actually a better story. Like, can you can you write that for us, please? Um, and I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's a, a really cool thing to be able to, to share a story that can help change people's minds or help people understand, um, trans athletes in general better. You know, obviously my experience is, is just mine, but it can, you know, I feel like it could help. Um, so she, she offered that to me and I ran with it. And so you mentioned thinking about how your story could could help or impact other other trans athletes. Is that something that you were kind of consciously thinking about the entire time that you were writing it? Like knowing that this is this is a personal story that you're telling for yourself, but also that it is going out into the world and it's gonna be gonna be published. And so how did how did that figure into it, knowing that that knowing the audience that you would probably attract with this story? Yeah, it was definitely on my mind much more this second uh piece than the first one because of the exposure that I'd had in the spring of uh 2022 with you know NCAAs and stuff and all of the news articles that came out um and so there was you know a lot of it that was very much like I want to share my authentic story I want to share you know exactly what the truth is and provide some of the emotional background that you know people might respond to people might you know have a shared experience of it like oh yeah like you know, I think everyone at one point has felt, you know, out of place or, you know, not feeling understood. And so I wanted to make sure that that was in there. And that actually reminds me of something I wanted to ask before about the, the piece in 2021. Um, one portion of that and, and also a portion of what you wrote in 2023 touched on mental health and the mental health struggles that you had even before the pandemic, but that maybe were, were identified in the pandemic. And I'm wondering if that, if, if you feel even though you're writing about kind of a, a unique experience as, as a trans individual, if you also kind of were thinking about the fact that, 
that a lot of people as kind of became very widely talked about and publicized did struggle with mental health during the pandemic. And even people who might have like very little similarities with, with your situation. Um, I feel like a lot of the, the coverage around the pandemic was around mental health and specifically athletes and mental health kind of going from training 800 times a week to just being alone and having to figure out how to do workouts. So, so was, was that kind of a way that, that you felt like your story could, could connect to others, even who people who didn't have the same similar experiences to you? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that people can find, you know, my experience, you know, even in pieces relatable. And, and I think, yeah, the, I feel like it was really cool in some ways and also sort of really worrying how much the pandemic revealed about how little we take care of our mental health as a as a society. So then going back to kind of the 2023 piece about deciding to swim for the men's team uh, this year for this NCAA season, I, I found that there were some, like reading two side by side, there were some contrasting um, elements from 2021 versus 2023 about how you kind of envisioned your time on the women's swim team versus on the men's swim team and and feeling kind of differently about it um two years apart and I'm sure that there were so many other thoughts that you had and so many experiences that you had in between but kind of just looking at the 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 two mindsets that you illustrated in them I was wondering if you could if you identified that contrast and 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 how you kind of felt about about that yeah, I mean it it definitely shifted. Um, you know, I think the the piece in 2021 was before I had come back to campus. It was um, you know, coming right out of being on a gap year. Um, and so I didn't know what it was going to look like to be sort of myself and also, you know, on the team at Yale. And so that was, you know, I think it was very hopeful. It was very much sort of like trying to anticipate all of the the toughness that might happen, but, you know, not really having a grounding and exactly what that might look like. And then and, you know, this most recent piece is like, I, you know, I, I'm now a year and a half into, you know, being myself on this team and all of the changes that come with that and, and all of the experiences that I've had. And so I think it makes you know, a lot of sense that there was a mindset mindset shift, excuse me, um, and and is, you know, I think reflective of how the journey goes. I think there's, you know, I think we all, right, you know, new data changes our minds. Um, and so I'm just really glad that I had the opportunity to use that and act on it and, and feel um, still very good about my contributions to the team. Yeah. So just to kind of quote one piece, um, not to quote you back to you, but for, for listeners, um, you wrote, you write in the 2023 piece, but the incongruence of existing as a man on a women's team was more difficult to navigate than I had expected. So I'm wondering if there was any portion of it that the experiences that you have in, in day-to-day life in, in what I, I guess we would call a binary society, if you find that there was a difference between kind of just existing in the world versus existing in a sporting environment where sports is very explicitly, this is a women's practice. This is a men's practice, women's change room, men's change room. I was wondering if, if there was kind of any specific challenges to being in those very, very labeled settings um, as, as a swimmer, um, if that, that kind of has anything to do with, with, with this decision. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can think about how, how much of our daily life is gendered, um, 
you know, and especially, you know, as you mentioned in sports. So like, you know, for example, walking around campus, I, you know, my teachers were, you know, familiar with me as a as a male student people referred to me you know as a as a male student you know throughout throughout my daily life and then I would show up to the pool and I would walk into the women's locker room and for meets I would then put on a you know what we would consider like a women's suit um and so I think it was it was those little moments where like you know 90% of my day was was spent one way and then you know a very sudden shift into something else um, it also, I think, was felt a little bit in the contrast with, you know, even my own teammates, right? Like practicing in a speedo, which is how I'm, you know, far and away more comfortable versus, you know, all of them getting practice suits that, you know, look different. And so I think it was just the little things that added up. Right. And so you you definitely mentioned in the piece those little things that did add up and all of the factors that went into to deciding to join the men's team. I was wondering if there's a, a specific moment that you can remember when you were like, this is the right decision to, to swim on the men's team or if, if, is that something that you remember doing and then, or is it just kind of something that, that slowly built up over time and, and then, and then you had your meeting with, with coaches or however it went down. Yeah, I have, I think it, I think it built up over time. It was, you know, the, the strong contrast of like, you know, how I felt being around the women's team and then, you know, lifting with the men. And I was like, oh, like, wow, like, this feels really nice. And then I think, you know, I didn't have that one specific moment of like, oh, this was the right choice until after the season had ended last year. And I was spending more time with the men's team, practicing more with the men, hanging out with them more. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like I, of course, um, this, you know, this feels better. so yeah, just just slowly. <laughs> right. And then how would you describe the experience of of actually having that conversation with your teammates um on both the women's team and the men's team and then also with your coaches and um anyone any of the supporting people in the Yale swimming environment how how did that process go and and did you did you find support did you find that it was a bit confusing or or how did that that whole process roll out? Yeah, I mean I'm extraordinarily fortunate to have you know really supportive coaches really supportive teammates and so um that initial conversation with my coaches was essentially like do you want to switch now and I was like no I want to you know fulfill my commitment that I set out for myself to the women's team and then I will you know switch next year when that makes a little bit more sense there's a new class coming in anyway um you know but they were, you know, 100% on board. Um, and as for my teammates, I think I've been really fortunate that they've celebrated me, um, you know, as as myself um, the whole time. Yeah, so I, I, I definitely got from the, the tone and the narrative in the, the 2023 New York Times piece that it is a decision that, that you seem happy with. But I'm wondering if how how this year is going now that you have made the decision have some months of training and the first few meets um in the fall down I, how how do you feel about the decision and and are you are you feeling good about it yeah oh my gosh yeah no it's uh it's really sort of night and day um how much better i feel just sort of existing um i think you know there was a lot that I really enjoyed about the women's team. Uh, don't get me wrong, but 
at the same time, like just being able to sort of relax and not even think about it is really nice. So I think that you had your your mid seasons in November. It was the Ohio State. Is that correct? Ohio State yeah. Invitational. Um, and so I guess my next question is kind of about the actual swimming swimming portion this year. I'm wondering how you prepared yourself to go into knowing that even if you hit the exact same times or a bit faster because of the nature of, of men's swimming being, being faster, um, how you prepared for the fact that even hitting the same times, your, your placement um, nationwide, school-wide, everything like that would shift and, and would, would, would be different, I guess, this year. How, how did you prepare for that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no sugarcoating it, right? Like I am, I am not scoring the points I used to. I'm not as good um, comparatively, and I think I knew that going in. Um, it's something that I've really sort of tried to shift the way that I think about my swimming and about my relationship with the team. Um, I think I talked about it a little bit in the article of like sort of finding a new a new role. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's tough. That doesn't need to be understated either. You know, I, I definitely don't enjoy, uh, you know, coming in last, but it it doesn't weigh on me um, as much as, you know, I think it, it could or as I think people maybe expect it to. So I guess next up is, is a few more meets, a few more dual meets and, and try meets maybe. And then you have conference championships. Um, have you set any goals for Ivy Leagues this year, which which you'll be competing in? Yeah, so uh, we actually have we have two meets left. We have uh, HYP uh, coming up in a little bit, and then we have Ivies. And because Ivies is a pretty select group, um, the rest of us will go to a, a different meet instead. And so right now, given that I you know can contribute to the team uh, not in the same way, I'm looking at the alternative meet as opposed to IVs. I think, you okay. know, depending on how I swim at HYP, you know, if I have an incredible swim, then then maybe that's an opportunity. But honestly, I'm just really looking forward to rounding out my season and my and my, you know, entire swimming career with with the guys that I that I really enjoy spending time around. Right. So that was that was going to be my next question. Is this going to be your your last season? Are you you graduating from university this year? Yeah. So so okay. done at Yale this year, done with swimming this year. So what do you perceive to be next for you? Um, any, in terms of, of academically and, and, and any connection to the sport moving forward? Do you, what do you see your connection to the swimming community being after, um, after this season? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I spent a little bit of time coaching over my gap year. And I think depending on, on where I land, I would love to get back into that. It was really cool to, to give back to the swimming community in that way. And, you know, I think the nice thing about swimming is that you can do it for a while, you know, even casually. And so after a couple months off, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I found myself back in the water. So having just talked about kind of the end of the season and the conference season and all of that, um, if we look back to, I guess, a year ago, that a year ago right now, a year ago in February, um, and kind of the media storm that you discussed earlier, um, where there was just without uh, like describing any of the, the media coverage, there was just a lot of coverage about, I would say in particularly yourself and Leah Thomas, who is another trans athlete at Penn, um, both of you competing and, and just kind of a wide spectrum of, of coverage um, on those, that topic and being a subject of that topic and being written about um, 
probably a lot more um, content wise um, than you have in the past. I was wondering if you could characterize what it was like to be kind of the subject of, of so much media coverage um, for an extended period of time for, for a couple of weeks there. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. Um, I think a lot of a lot of the articles try to be really positive, um, you know, interviews I gave, and that was that was really cool. But you know, it's really difficult to see yourself mi- mischaracterized or or vilified in the media, and so I think like that part was challenging for sure. Um, but at the same time. I try and always be really intentional with with my words and with my actions. And I think that ultimately, like, people are going to report on what they're going to report on. And I'm going to sort of live my life. So I guess part of that was the fact that you did go to Ivy League and you, you won a medal there. So um, you were having your own swimming experiences and, I guess, reaching goals, maybe not reaching some goals and just doing your own own thing at the same time you were swimming. Um, so was it hard to kind of separate the fact that these media narratives that sometimes are about your swimming, sometimes stray from not being about swimming at all. Um, was it hard to kind of pay as much attention as, as you'd like to and want to, to, to the media coverage while also knowing that you're an athlete and that you're, you're representing your school and that you're doing all of these things. Was it hard to kind of balance those two things? Um, there are definitely times where I was like, this is, this is sort of too much. I have to just, you know, turn my phone off and put things away and come back to them later. Um, but, you know, I think as any sort of university student would tell you, like you learn how to, you learn how to time manage, you learn how to balance. Um, I think it's just like anything else. I guess we've discussed a lot about kind of like the last two years from 2021 to 2023. I'm wondering if we can go back a little bit further and just kind of touch on how you, how you got into swimming, how you got into age group swimming, um, and where, I guess where your swimming journey began to kind of go non-chronologically here in this interview but but maybe talk yeah talk about your early early swimming days so when did you when did you start swimming competitively yeah absolutely it's uh it's actually a cute story so uh the first team I ever joined was when I was four um a little summer league team at a local recreation center um and the the team was the dolphins and the summer before I was like mom like I want a dolphin suit you know, I, I want the suit with dolphins on it. And she was like, well, you have to be on the team in order to get that. And I was like, okay, so sign me up, <laughs> you know, let's, let's do this thing. Um, so the next summer she, she put me in and I really discovered like a, a, a love for it um, early on. And then that led me to competitive swimming starting when I was about nine, um, you know, and that's, that's where really things took off. And so was there, I guess a lot of a lot of children kind of compete in in multiple different sports, do different sports. Were you were you doing that for any period of time and kind of juggling different sports? Yeah, actually, um, I I played basketball for a while growing up. I also played water polo um, up until about uh, freshman year of high school. Okay, and was there a moment that I mean, I feel like I had one a moment where you were like, okay other sports are fun, other activities are fun, but I'm going to be a swimmer and I'm going to commit to this. I assume that a path that leads you to swim division one at Yale um, would definitely, you'd have to kind of focus and specialize. So was there a moment when you were like, okay, I am a swimmer? Yeah, it was about eighth grade and I was considering uh, quitting swimming in favor of water polo. 
which okay. by the way would have been a terrible decision i'm a very very solid swimmer and i'm a very bad water polo player <laughs> um but i sort of sat down and was like okay like what do i what do i really want from this um and and that's what led me you know to focus on swimming through through high school so then um so you did your age group years and then before going to yale which you you went to yale in 2018 and started swimming there um the 2016 olympic trials i don't know if this is something that that you're asked about a lot but um i guess could you talk a little bit about your experience heading into olympic trials and then kind of explain how the experience went at that meet yeah i mean it was a really cool experience it was something i'm uh you know very glad i was able to do um I mean, it's it's a crazy meet for anyone who who hasn't been. It's you know a total production. There's a ton of people around. There's lots of different rooms and pools and things happening. Um, and you know, at 15, I was just super overwhelmed um, with it. But you know, did my best to sort of say like, I'm gonna I'm gonna swim, you know, as, as best I can. Um, I was super nervous. So when I when I hopped up on the blocks for my singular event at the meet, you know, day, I think it was day six or seven. And I had like been there just kind of hanging out, waiting. Um, I ended up like kind of moving on the block after the take. And so got got DQ'd, <laughs> um, which was super tough at the time. And now looking back is something that's really kind of fun to laugh at of just like, of course, I spent, you know, seven days and, and got DQ'd in the shortest event. Uh, possible <laughs> it's kind of gone from a tragic experience to kind of just a fun story to tell I guess um, um so yeah. the 100 percent was your only only event at that meet um it was actually just so I guess, 50 oh the yeah. 50 free okay um, right 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 yeah. um so did you go away from that meet and kind of think in four years I want to come back and and did you set your sights on on 2020 trials which of course became 2021 trials yeah, originally, yes, that was that was the plan. Um, and then I think with a lot of the mental health stuff with the pandemic and, and things changing around it, it no longer became something that was going to be feasible, um, you know, so so didn't end up qualifying for, for 2020 trials. But, you know, I had other things going on. <laughs> right. After 2016, that's about two years before or I guess less than two years um, from trials to September of 2018 when you joined Yale. I'm wondering how you got to Yale and how how you narrowed down your options and decided that that you wanted to swim to Yale, um, swim with Yale. Um, did you do like a recruiting trip or did you kind of just go in blind? How how did that decision come about? Yeah, so I I took uh, actually an initial visit with my mom in January of 2017 just to sort of check out the campus um, and then, you know, did the whole recruiting process, was talking to a number of different schools, took three official visits and enjoyed my time at Yale the best. And so decided to commit. I really, you know, felt like I had connected with some of the team members and really, really liked the coaching staff. So. And so I guess just to kind of close out the interview here and, um, end on on whatever note you you take us in I'm, I'm wondering if there's any kind of message or overall like thesis statement of, of all of the experiences that you've had from dating back to when you started swimming to coming to Yale and swimming for Yale and coming out as a trans man I'm wondering if there's any yeah overarching kind of 
lessons you've take, taken away or, or, or anything like that, that that you feel can can define your experience? Yeah, I mean, I think if I had to sort of try and, and put a pin in like exactly what this is all meant is like, you know, how powerful sports is for, you know, inclusion and acceptance and, and feeling connected to communities and then also how important emphasizing those things are you know to make sure that 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 is true for everyone you know i think there's a lot going on right now in the country that is very negative and and very divisive and i think that it would be you know really cool if we could take a sort of more compassionate view at at what sports can mean and what you know being a good teammate is what what being a good athlete is because i think you know everyone deserves to have the chance at the kind of community and learning that sports can provide. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.